It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Patriot Speed is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. We are live for another edition of the Patriots Beat podcast presented by the CLNS Media Network. I am Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, joined as always by Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. And the Patriots held day two of minicamp today at Gillette Stadium. But before we get into all the details of that, we have DeAndre Hopkins officially coming to Foxborough. For what sounds like a two-day visit, Wednesday and Thursday, he left Tennessee without a contract. So here we are. They will have their shot to get DeAndre Hopkins, it looks like. Yeah, it certainly does in two days. That's exciting. Wednesday and Thursday might be something where like he does a physical on Wednesday, right? And then actually meets with the team on Thursday. I believe he's flying in Wednesday, so I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to be a full day Nothing you too know. big Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, dude, this is it. This is kind of what we've all been waiting for, right? We can, excuse me, we can get into some of the stuff from practice today, but things still stand where they stand. This team needs a true number one wide receiving threat. Hopkins would bring that. He is available. They don't have to spend any draft picks. It's just money. Now, the, the one interesting uh, report, Part of the report this morning from Ian Rapport and Tom Pelissero at NFL Network, along with the Patriots signing Hawk or the Patriots meeting with Hawkins, is I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but something along the lines of there there are a lot. Hopkins has a lot of teams interested, right? And that's what they said. He moved on from Tennessee. He's going to meet with the Patriots, and there's there's a lot more teams interested in his services. I, are there? Payment. Are there? <laughs> Right, exactly. Like, if all these other teams are so eager, where are all the other visits? Either one, Hopkins feels like he's a good shot at signing with the Patriots, so he's not scheduling more visits. Or that's Hopkins' agent. Or I, I think he represents himself, but whoever, like somebody. He signed with his a camp. Clutch, didn't he? Oh, that's right. That's right. Clutch, yeah. So maybe that's, you know, Clutch Sports saying to the Patriots, well, yeah, all right. So he left Tennessee and got to you. Don't think you're the last team in the chain. Like, don't think you can let him go and think about it because there's so many other teams. You wouldn't believe all these teams. I can't even think of the name of any other teams because there's so many. Like, I'm so overwhelmed trying to think of just what, right? I don't know how big his market is, but I thought that was an interesting nugget within the report of him coming Wednesday and Thursday. So we'll see what happens. You know, I... I'm all ready to bump into him when I go down to Gillette to do catch 22 on Thursday, but this is it. Put up or shut up time. Here we go. I, I think we'll get 
when I say I think we'll get an answer Saturday when we're on soon the enough. Off. Right. So Saturday <laughs> when I'm golfing, but when I think we'll, we'll when I say I think we'll get an answer soon enough. If he leaves without a contract, I consider that an answer. It's not yeah. happening, right? Maybe we don't get an answer on where he's ultimately signing. And after that, I don't know what happens. Like then maybe the Bills and Chiefs get involved again because clearly the, the market's not there for him, which would be scary. But one way or another, we're probably going to have an answer by Friday. And it seems the other visits seems like that agent talk, right? Because he left tennis and he left Tennessee if he got the deal he wanted in Tennessee, you assume he would have taken it and he left. So now he comes here with an offer that says you have to beat this. And if the Patriots can beat that, you would think it would be a done deal. So yeah, if he leaves without a contract, that would probably be bad news unless like there is no market, there aren't other teams and he eventually just has to circle back to the Patriots or tennis or Tennessee in that option. Right. But you mentioned two other teams. If it gets to that point, Kansas City and Buffalo, Buffalo might be in the market for a receiver soon because they had some some chaos some fireworks going on. Uh, Stefan Diggs, he was there and then he wasn't there and he wasn't at practice for the first mini camp. Sean uh, McDermott said it was very concerning and there was obviously some stuff with him as the season ended. He had the blow up on the sideline in the playoff game. He's had some cryptic tweets about tweets about, you know, not winning. So that's a murky situation. It looks like in Buffalo and, you know, that's a team going into the off season. We said they need another receiver and, and they drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round, but, if Diggs is on the fence or if Diggs is out, that's a bad situation for Buffalo, it looks like. Yeah, it, it's almost like things aren't perfect there. I wonder who was saying that for the last <laughs> year and a half, that that this whole thing was going to blow up in their face. And, oh, the Bills, they're so fun. What a cute team. Look, at they all get along in Bills Mafia and the culture. Oh, yeah, yeah, where's all that when your best player, and he is your best player, is now trying to shoot his way out of town. There's really nowhere to go with this from either side. First of all, I, and I've seen some people say that this today, that the the Bills could now sign Hawkins to hedge their bets on Diggs. That means one of, you know, two things is going to happen. If it's a financial thing, if you give that money to Hawkins instead of just giving it to Diggs, you're going to just piss him off and he's going to leave. You can't like, how, how do you read that? If you're Stefan Diggs, I wanted another $10 million. Instead, you gave it to this other guy. When you could have just given it to me, we could have been done after I've proven myself for you. If it's not about the money, that means Diggs hates Josh Allen, which I would find hilarious, but it's also massively concerning if you're the Buffalo Bills, because this is not me saying it. I know people think I'm a Josh Allen hater. This is not me saying it. This is your guy. Josh Allen said it today. What they do offensively is not possible without Stephon Diggs in the huddle. So that's an issue. From uh, from the other side, Bills don't have any more money to give Stephon Diggs. I don't know where this Hawkins thing came from. They don't have any money to find to give him. So I, I don't know where he, if he thinks he's going to get paid more, it's not going to be significant. And at the same time, there's a $24 million dead cap number on his contract. So they can't really trade him. 
I mean, they could, but they're essentially waving a white flag on the season. You're not going to be able to replace him. So is Diggs just going to pull Le'Veon Bell and just sit out the year? Because that's kind of how this thing, it's either Diggs decides he'll play on his current contract. Like they, they come to terms, whatever it is. Him and Josh Allen put their beef aside, and I do believe there is some beef there. I don't know to what extent, but I do think there is some. Either him and Josh Allen put their beef aside, and he plays under his current contract, or he sits out the year, and they don't have, they're paying him, they have that cap hit, they don't have the money to replace him, but they don't get to put him on the field. I said this two years ago, Brian. This is three, four hosts ago on this show. (laughs) The Bills window extended through the 2022 season because two crucial things happened this off season that are going to limit the bills. Josh Allen's extension kicked in. That did a major number on their cap. And I know people think the cap can be maneuvered. The bills kind of already did all their maneuvering for this off season. They're going to have to actually part ways with, uh, 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 uh contributing pieces. If they want to manipulate the cap again, the other thing that happened is Stephon Diggs turned 30. And we tar- talked about this a lot with Hopkins. 30 generally is a pretty hard cutoff for receivers in their level of production. And I've given the spiel about Hopkins, right? That he's not a burner and he wins this way and that way. And they don't fade as much with age. Diggs game is the kind of game that mm-hmm. fades with age. Yeah. So Bills fans should be very concerned right now. I would. I don't know that this is the difference between the Patriots catching the Bills in the division in 2023, but all that talk we heard last year about the Patriots are so far away and how are you going to win with 10 years of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and yada, yada, yada. I, I was saying, and, and Herbert, I was saying at the time, all of those guys are not going to be dominant for the next decade. That list will get cut down. I don't think Mahomes is going anywhere. I don't think Burrow's going anywhere. Chargers, as long as they have that idiot coach, <laughs> I'm not afraid of. Um, who else? Lawrence will see. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I'm not yeah, totally willing to put Lawrence on that list yet. I think Zach Wilson was on that list at the time. Forget it. Um, Lamar. Lamar now. Lamar. I mean, Lamar's Lamar. Like, he's good when he's on the field, but how much is he on the field? If and the Rogers Bills roster is- falls apart, Rodgers is elderly. That doesn't count. If the Bills roster falls apart around Allen, I think it's, and I know people want to talk about how much he's improved, and I think he has improved, but I think it's going to look closer to what it looked like his first two years than it has the last three. Mm. And Diggs, he's got, he's not a UFA till 2028 when he's 35 years old. They have an out after the 24 season, but they'd still have a good dead cap hit. So, I mean, I don't know if that's just as easy as like throwing money at him, or it seems like he's frustrated with the losing. That seems to be where it stems from, but then he shouldn't play for a loser franchise. Yeah. That's, that's just what the bills do. They, they lose. That's what they do. So Uh, I would like, I do want to remind everybody that this show is brought to you by FanDuel baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel America's number one sports book because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com backslash Boston to join today. Baseball is a fun one to bet on because there's games every single day, right? You can kind of 
you can really follow this, those trends. Not a lot of time for teams to eat up. It's not a lot of times for teams to cool down. Um, and you can really start to play not just the, the spread, but the odds on it. Uh, I, I think more so than any other sport, baseball's odds lend itself to, to having some fun there. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com backslash Boston to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission, 21 plus in present Massachusetts. First online real money wager only, $10 deposit required, refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com backslash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it, play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Interesting situation and Maybe that factors into DeAndre Hopkins somehow, but again, they seem cash strapped already. So I don't know where they'd be able to come up with the money to get him. So interesting situation in the AFC East, but we can get over to mini camp or did you have anything more bills hate to get before we jump? To <laughs> no, that's, I don't think it's again, I am not it's the true. one telling it's you this. True. Don't tell me that I'm being a hater of the bills. Josh Allen is the one who told you today they can't do what they do offensively without Stephon Diggs. I'm not hating on the Bills. If anything, it's the opposite. I'm sitting here telling you Josh Allen is correct. Josh Allen made an excellent football observation. Josh Allen had a very correct take on the situation of his football team. That's not hate. Shout out to the guy for being right. I appreciate a good take. It's a great take from Josh Allen. They cannot be who they've been offensively the last couple of years without Stefan Diggs on the field. Josh Allen is absolutely right. I hope he comes back just so Christian Gonzalez can smother him. I mean, but that would be fun too. That would be the best case scenario. Yes. But uh, we'll transition that into some mini camp talk where a lot of conditioning, it felt like a lot of special teams were today, but there were a few some competitive periods and it was the defense in those periods for the most part. We talked a lot yesterday about how they can move all these chess pieces around the secondary. Matt Judon today called them unicorns, right? They have all these unicorns. They can move all these pieces around, and they kind of stole the show. And there's no pads, but the defensive line up front caused a lot of havoc today. So it was the defense today in the 11-on-11s. Yeah, it really was. And I I don't mean this to sound alarm bells, but – kind of looked like it did at times last year, right? Where the defensive line, the, the pass rush, whatever you want to call it, was so overwhelming that the offense couldn't, the play couldn't develop at all. And I'm not going to sit here and say, there it is, the proof, the offensive line isn't good enough. I mean, the offensive line might not be good enough, but it's a non-padded practice. It's a one-off, it's a couple periods, but it did sort of look like that. You had a lot of balls batted down at the line. You had a few sacks. This happened, by the way, against both quarterbacks, against both offensive units. Uh, I think the defense is getting ready to hit somebody. They're ready to put the pads on. They're getting frustrated because they were, they were ramping it up today. And you saw the intensity bubble over one point. Anthony Jennings got into it uh, with city Sioux. So yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're ready to get going. This was kind of one of those typical late spring practices where you can tell the attitude is just, Hey guys, we got to start hitting. And the secondary, I thought Jack Jones had a really good day. He kind of, it was probably his busiest day, I would say, with the 
starters or first team. He was out there a lot. He had a got his hands on some footballs. He had a really nice interception. He kind of peeled off a post and picked off a wheel route, kind of like the Detroit interception he had last year. So again, we talked yesterday, the Gonzalez, Jack Jones, John Jones, those are your three best corners. If you can get them out on the field at the same time. And it was a good day. Good day for Jack Jones. I thought. And the other thing that's allowing them to do, we're starting to see Jonathan Jones play more deep safety. And those two developments kind of go hand in hand. So Christian is also going to be out there. Like he, He's your boundary guy. Jack Jones and Jonathan Jones are your next two best boundary corners, but they're very different stylistically. And some of this will probably be matchup based week to week. Like John Jones is going to man up Tyree kill when they play the dolphins. I think we all know that, but just as a big picture, the other thing Jonathan Jones is, is he's the team's longest tenured defensive back. And he's a really, really smart football player with an intimate understanding of this defense. So when you put him we talk about the loss of Devin McCourty and a couple of players were asked about this today, not just the loss of the skill set, but the communication, the leadership, the ability to make and facilitate adjustments. Jonathan Jones is probably the best candidate to take on those responsibilities just because of his football IQ and his experience in the system. But it's really hard to do that from the boundary corner. Cause all of a sudden you're yelling, you know, all the way to the oh, other what? side of the field. <laughs> Not only does he have a good skill set to play free safety, which I think he does. He has speed. He has the instincts. He's a very good athlete. But you put him in that spot where he can kind of communicate to everybody. I think that's where he should be playing this year. I do. I've said I said that when they resigned him back in March. For that to happen, because they are kind of thin at corner. Because we talked about those three guys being the three main boundary guys, right? But after after that, them, it's you know, is it they played Marcus Jones a little on the boundary last year? Is it him? Then you start going to Amir Speed, Isaiah Bolden, Quandre Mosley. Like it becomes a conversation. Who? Sean Wade. Oh yeah, Sean Wade's still still on the team. That is correct, uh, technically. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I I like Jonathan Jones as the free safety, but I think to justify doing that regularly, Jack Jones has to be the number two corner, and he has to prove he can be the number two corner. So again, non-padded practices. I'm not going to go over the top of the evaluation. I'm not going to lock it in or anything. This is all in pencil, lightly in pencil. We're not taking the Sharpies out yet. I mean, you don't are taking the pens out yet, but all right. If Jack Jones is going to give you good reps opposite Christian Gonzalez, now Jonathan Jones can play free safety. And then you can put Marcus Jones in the slot. And now you have, you know, you put Kyle Duggar wherever, right? And then that allows you to put Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips back in the box because Jonathan Jones is the back end. And now you have all your best defensive backs on the field, probably all playing their best position. Mm. That's And what they're going to do, they're going to rotate everybody in every position. And I don't just mean rotate, like rotate coverage after the snap. I mean, they are going to throw like every single defensive back is preparing to play every position right now. And I think they're going to use that. But third and 10 game on the line, that should be the alignment. Gonzalez, Jack Jones, boundary, boundary, Marcus Jones in the slot, Jonathan Jones deep, Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips in the box. That is their best defensive alignment. We talk about all the time at the offensive line, right? Just get your best five out there. And sometimes that means moving guard to tackle or whatever. I almost feel kind of similar to the way we're putting this together in the secondary right now because Mm -hmm. they have so many versatile players. Let's get your best five or six guys out there. And there are different permutations. There are different ways you can arrange that and matchups will dictate some of that, but your five or six best guys, just put them on the field. Just find a way to get them all on the field and let them go instead of 
worrying too much about who should be doing this and who should be doing that and, and whatever. And you need that guy to replace McCordy from a mental standpoint, right? Like you could probably count on one hand the amount of pure coverage bust the Patriots had in like McCordy's tenure, because that just wasn't something they did because he was back there. And if that's, if John Jones, your longest tenured guy back there, that's probably where you would like him from a communication standpoint. Like you said, you don't have to have him on the boundary yelling across the field. He can organize everyone from that back end. And he obviously has the speed to the range to cover that. So yeah, if Jack Jones can, take that role comfortably and they trust him that's a get your best five and, and john jones could be that you know safety net in the back yeah and then and then and then let you sell jabril peppers and jalen mills so you can kind of you know, mix it as well jabril peppers got some belichick love today <laughs> he did yeah yeah he did so he'll factor in he'll factor into that thing you have depth so because last year you know when kyle duggar went down that really hurt them especially with guarding tight ends. And obviously, you know, Jalen Mills got hurt and they were really struggling to get enough corners out there and all that. The, the depth is there too. We should mention, because, and Mills, a guy that can play corner, right? So you have him at corner, you have him at safety. We have seen Jabril Peppers get a little bit of work at boundary corner. It's a position he played in college. I'm not sure how much I want him playing boundary corner in the yeah. NFL. <laughs> Maybe there's certain, like, the one thing is, do you remember last year, they did this against T Higgins. I think they they start doing it late in the season. I'm trying to remember the when other like, they did it against. Like when he like pressed the guy at the line and then they would just... have Kyle Duggar because he's just so big and strong, just yeah. just press the crap out of the receiver at the line and then essentially pass him off, but just to delay him. Cause yeah. you know, Marcus Jones isn't pressing T. Higgins. He's not pressing Devontae Adams. That's not going to go well. So they would throw Kyle Duggar up there, have him jam the receiver as long as he couldn't and bounce back. So maybe that's just what it is with Peppers, because he's a guy that certainly could handle that role. Cause you got to be athletic enough too to kind of get back and go and, and, and then go into what your actual assignment is, but they're going to be able to move everybody everywhere. It's going to be sick. I think he did that against in the Buffalo home game. He did that against Diggs a few reps. Did I they believe. do that against Diggs? They did it. A, they started doing that late in the season. Yeah. I know they did it a couple of times. I tried Higgins is the one I remember. Cause that was the obvious one. Cause they had mm -hmm. no corners that week. And Higgins is obviously this massive imposing figure. And it's like, what the hell are they going to do? But I, I wouldn't be surprised if that tactic the, um, yeah. among many comes back a little bit this year. And you see Kyle Duggar and, and Jabril Peppers playing boundary corner and just mugging guys, not letting them get off the line as long as possible to help out the pass rush. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the defense won most of the competitive periods. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Big performance defensive line causing, you know, a lot of bad passes. They blew up a few screens, which transitions to the offensive line. Trent Brown was there, but he didn't partake in any team drills. He was limited. So it was Calvin Anderson at the left. Connor McDermott seems like the first man up on the right side. Riley Reef has rotated in a bit on both spots, but that offensive tackle 
depth seems like the biggest question mark on this team right now. Unfortunately, we weren't able to see Trent Brown, how it looks with Trent Brown, but there's some definitely some question marks at, at that tackle position still. It does feel like they're, you know, left tackle is going to be Trent Brown and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do at right tackle between Riley Reef and Connor McDermott. I, I don't necessarily feel great about that because I think both of those guys are, you know, Reef was a really good player seven, eight years ago. He's 34 years uh, old. Then. Yeah. Uh, and Connor McDermott is serviceable. They it could be worse. Again, they were, I've said this before. They were what 20 minutes away from putting James Ference out there, a left tackle last year against the bills at home. But it does feel like Trent's going to return on the left side where he probably should be. And then they just got to figure it out on the right side. So that's where the DJ Fluker workouts interesting. Cause he's a right tackle. Um, I think they're going to let McDermott and, and uh, reef battle it out for that spot. Maybe cities. Sue is in the conversation there as well. He's worked like exclusively a right tackle. That report about him being a tackle was spot on, but I, I'm not going to, I've seen some people put it this way that, Connor McDermott has passed Riley Reef because he's been getting all these reps now. I don't see, unless there's something going on in the meeting room behind the scenes that we don't know about, I don't see how in non-padded practices you can make that kind of determination on the offensive line. It also, it's like, it's not like Reef is just behind them watching. He's usually at left tackle on the right. second unit, so he's probably just trying to get them looks at other spots but i i think what this says is that's setting up once we do get to camp once we do get to the padded practices riley reef connor mcdermott is going to be the battle at right tackle i think opposite trent brown i think that's what we're all kind of what that's what this thing's kind of headed towards here Mm -hmm. and behind them at the quarterback position today bailey zappy got his first from what we saw his first run with the ones he got one period in 11s it, like mac it wasn't a great period they didn't have much success defense was you know won the day but zappy got some reps there are you reading into that at all no no i'm not uh it's two drives over the course of an eight day session of spring no. practices <laughs> it, it, you got to get everybody experience with everybody at some point. Mac Jones worked with the twos as well. I think that's just to get everybody a little familiar with each other. It's not like Bailey Zappi blew us away. He didn't score a touchdown on either of his drives when he was with the first team. No, I'm not reading into that. No quarterback competition yet. We're not going there yet. Everybody can calm down. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's still going to have to be get the pads on, get in preseason, and either Mac just has to look horrible or Bailey just has to blow everyone away, which Neither of those have happened yet through a few non-padded practices. So right. doesn't look like we're headed headed there yet. And then receivers. You know, we've talked DeAndre opening up, but still no Juju, still no Taekwon, as we kind of expected at this point. Doesn't seem like they're in a rush to get those guys back with the injuries, but they're, they're thin there. It looks like they're thin. It's a lot of Kendrick Bourne, a lot of De, uh, Devontae Parker with that top unit. Ty Montgomery is getting a lot of work behind them. So where are you kind of at right now with the Hopkins visit on the schedule coming up, with the injuries? How are you kind of looking at this receiver room as a whole? Well, Parker uh, 
Devontae Parker, I think, has heard the rumors because he came out today, made a couple of really great catches, and then was asked about DeAndre Hopkins after practice a couple of times. And I think the first time he said, we're, you know, focus on the guys that are here. And then he even dropped a couple of next questions. So he's heard it. I don't think he likes it. He's obviously going to be the odd man out. I, I still would like to see them at somebody else. Again, they need to bump everybody down a step from where they are. Juju becomes your number two. Parker, or sorry, Born and Thornton start getting number three coverage, right? And on top of that, guys can't stay healthy, right? They're down two receivers right now, and it's June 13th, and they're down Juju Smith-Schuster and Tyquan Thornton. So they need all the wide receivers. Kendrick Bourne said it, and I know this isn't what he meant, that we'll take all the help. We, we need all the help we can get. He was right. They need all the help they can get at that position. So, you know, Parker looked good today. Great. Awesome. We are a lot of people. I shouldn't say we, cause I was pushing back on this. Evan got all excited about Tyquan Thornton after that first practice. No, I said, be patient. We'll see what happens. He hasn't been on the field now in a couple of weeks. They need more. They simply need more wide receiver. Yeah. Parker, his best play was in the early seven on seven drill. What, what he does best. And it was a high ball fade and he went up and over Jonathan Jones back corner of the end zone brought it down. There were some good moments in that seven drill. He had that. They had, um, was it Henry or Gasicki? Mac had a really nice kind of one of his. Hunter Henry. That was a great throw. Like one of his infamous like downfield touch passes right into the bucket for Hunter Henry. And, and those tight ends, again, still very prominent. And whether that is just they're down all these receivers or not, it looks like that tight end package is going to be just huge, that 12 personnel. Yeah, yeah, I think that, well, I, and we, we talked about this, I forget, the shows are running together now, but whenever it was, it's, is it, is it 12? That would be my question back to you. Is it 12? Is it 11? 12, like, what 11. is sicky, right? We don't know. So I'm not convinced they see that as 12. I think they see it as their own thing. And teams are, once we get into the season, it's going to be really interesting to see. Do teams treat it as 11? Do they treat it as 12? Are teams putting an extra linebacker out there, an extra safety out there when, Mike Kosicki is on the field with Hunter Henry. That's going to be something to watch. We're really not going to get an answer to until I don't even think in training in uh, the preseason, we'll get an answer to it because teams are pretty much just going base defense against, you know, in, in preseason games. So, but that's, I think you're right. It is going to be a big part of what they do. And yeah, Kosicki's looked good. Kosicki is, has looked really good. He's, I, I know we, we you know, pass catching tight end you think of him as being a more athletic guy but just seeing him in person he's a lot more athletic than i think i gave him credit for or i realized so that's they've added athletes everywhere that's been the theme of the last two off seasons and it seems like sicky's another one and bill hinted at another kind of positionless player this morning when asked about scotty washington which we kind of talked about that third tight end battle yesterday they're gonna get these guys on the practice squad but that was just kind of interesting because he has that mold of Mike Gesicki. He's an inch shorter and only like three pounds lighter, I think it is. And like Bill has said about Gesicki, he said this morning, like he doesn't have a position. He just, he's right. like, he has a receiver background. He's technically at tight end right now, but in, it was funny right before I got on the show, I looked at, I was on Twitter and Devin McCordy was talking about this. He's like, Scotty can play, and he had some few good uh, scout team reps throughout the year last year. So 
that's a guy where it looks like, and he's working through an injury still that he got in the Cincinnati game, I believe. Yeah. Where he had his, you know, his most time last year. So that's a guy who'll probably make it to the practice squad. And if something happens to Gasicki, that's the same type of mold of a player. Yeah. But at the same time, do they want that similar mold or do they want to add something they don't already have, which would be Johnny Lumpkin who continues to look good and is more of a blocking tight end like that. I, I would kind of go that way. Right. And that's he'll like, he'll be taped more prominent when the pads come on. That's what he'll in that blocking blocking role, I would say. And then the only other past catching note I had was I thought this was the busiest day out of the backfield for Pierre Strawn. And most of it was with Zappy and Trace McSorley, but James Robinson out the door the next day, Pierre Strawn busier in the backfield from a pass catcher, I'd say. What I thought was interesting, I mean, I, I thought Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris were both very looks, Kevin Harris involved. looks in good shape. He too. does. He does. He looks a lot better as a receiver than I, th- yeah. I thought he would. If they're going to play time Montgomery at receiver, which they've been doing at times, and they want to lessen Ramondre's workload, those are the two guys now. I, I'm just still not buying J, the J.J. Taylor hype. So those are the two guys. One of the two, if not both of them, are going to have to step up. So I think it's encouraging to see how natural they both look at receivers. I think we kind of know they're both comfortable carrying the football but in the passing game and bill belichick was asked about that before practice today as well how they've come along as is run blockers and it's another thing where he said you know it's one thing to know who you need to block it's another thing to block them and he's talking about when the pads come on and we actually see them do some blocking drills so again something to watch but i'm too many people were writing those two off harrison strong this offseason i too soon too soon they're going to be factors this year i believe that yep and we've said it countless times the Pierre strong speed factor Kevin Harris just looks like an efficient runner and he has been more involved in the passing game I'd say too which has been a bit of a surprise but I'd still say Ty Montgomery is that leader in the clubhouse right now for that receiving role even the receiving back role even though he's spent a lot of time at wide receiver maybe that's a downfall from missing some receivers due to injuries but I'd still say Montgomery is the leader there, but it looks like like I wouldn't be surprised if these are the four backs on the week one roster. I don't think they're going to be desperate unless there's an injury, but you know, desperate to go out and get an external free agent. Yeah, I'm with you on that. They're not going to add anybody. I don't know that they keep four on the initial roster. Can they get a guy like Kevin Harris to the practice squad and elevate him? I wouldn't rule that out. So, but yeah. these are the guys. These are the four guys that that are going to one way or the other. I think make up the heavy bulk of the running back snaps this year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right. Where were we? Uh, just kind of, you know, anything else offensively that caught your eye there? Anything else? I think we got to all of it. It We we hit um, on all the positions. It was, yesterday was Bill Murray next to David Andrews. Today it looked more like Jake Andrews at that. Jake Andrews and uh, Tony Omafi got some looks there as well, even though he was Mm -hmm. in the non-contact. So still rotating those guys. And that that could be a battle too. The backup behind Mike Onwenu, I think is going to be a a tight race as well. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, rookies, no Keishon Booty, no Keon White today. He got checked out by the trainers at one point of practice yesterday. He still talked to the media after, so probably nothing too serious. I would that's a guess, but no Keon White today. Yeah, the the Boutte one's more interesting to me, the Keishon Booty one, because he feels like such an obvious Foxborough flu guy and yeah. setting up that way, right? So we'll see what happens with him. And in that rookie injury bucket, we'll take our Mac Jones buckets out. Um, (laughs) Bryce Berenger ditched the visor, unfortunately, back in the rec specs, and he punted today. Yeah. Um, Only he only got a few. He lost one on a bad snap from Tucker Addington, but you had the hang times, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, they were they were pretty good. You know, kind of coming back to I Corliss Waitman looks really good. I'll say that I didn't expect much from from Corliss Waitman. He led the league in punts last year, but most of his like averages and metrics were were in the bottom half to the bottom third of the league. But he's he's looked good. He's come out and he's looked good to start. So I think he worked on his game, you know, working with Joe Houston, who's a kicking specialist, the Patriots assistant special teams coach. That's a real competition. I, I had Behringer going in just because you got him on a four-year contract. He's a rookie. Do you really want to get him to the practice squad and do all that? But man, if I decide today, I think I'm going Corliss Waitman as the week one punter. Yeah, I'd say he's looked more impressive so far. Yeah. I'd agree with that. And I believe it was Ryland handling most of the kickoffs in uh, competitive kickoff drills. It looked like it, but it was mostly folk the other day. So yeah. that may be, instead of having them alternate rep to rep, they may be alternating day to day, which makes more sense for something like kickoffs. Yeah, definitely. But, um, I mean, that's pretty much all the positions. Um any other thing, any, anything else you got? Edelman was at practice today, so that Edelman. was cool. I, I don't think he's suiting up anytime soon. Who else? <laughs> James Franklin was back. That was James Franklin? Thing. I was looking. I didn't see him. I didn't he look was, that hard. He he talked with Bill again a lot today. So, so Does Bill finally draft a Penn State yeah. guy? <laughs> is this what this is building to? It's the tackle whose name we don't know how to pronounce. but <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, because that's the guy they need. Yeah, it's. You know, hey, James, why'd, why'd you get him to go back to school? We need him. Then again, then they don't have Christian Gonzalez. And, I'll take Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, they get they, they can get the, the best tackle and the best corner in the 2023 NFL draft. They just got to <laughs> wait a year on one of them, right? So um, I think that was pretty much it. It's I, you know, I'll say one other thing, too. I'll just, this is kind of random, but I've gotten a bunch of questions about this. Aaron Dobson and LeGarrette Blunt being at practice. And they're there as part of the Bill Walsh coaching fellowship, which is meant to help get uh, minority coaches either coming from the high school or college ranks or former NFL players. 
into coaching careers. And again, the two guys there right now for the Patriots are Aaron Dobson and Garrett Blunt. They've gotten coaches out of this fellowship in the past. Uh, just off the top of my head, Ross Douglas, Billy Yates, Viangelo Bentley. I think there's some others. There's a Keith Jones, who's there. Is Keith Jones on the fellowship? Okay. So I, I, there are more. Those are just the ones off the top of my head. But And Dobson already has a coaching job lined up. He's going to be an offensive analyst at his alma mater at Marshall in the fall. Blunt doesn't have anything lined up. He's just kind of hanging out, which is kind of cool. He's very Garrett Blunt. But the idea is maybe he's looking for a coaching job and he wants us on his resume or whatever. But I know people are like, why is Aaron Dobson there? Like, he wasn't good. Get him out of there. One, the first thing I'd say to those people is, yeah, because Kevin O'Connell was a great quarterback, <laughs> right? And, and and um, you know, all these other – Zach Robinson, who we all wanted to see here, right, as a consultant, as an offensive consultant. Cliff. Such a good quarterback. Yeah. The Patriots never tried to move in wide receiver or anything. Cliff Kingsbury was such a good quarterback, right? That's the first thing I'd say. And by the way, how awesome would it be if, like, the exorcism of the Patriots wide receiver drought was – Aaron Dobson becoming this wide receiver coaching guru and just turning all of these six round draft picks into studs. How awesome would that be? Uh, but he's going to Marshall this fall. So that will at least have to wait. But I also think, you know, looking at the players, Bill doesn't really owe Aaron Dobson anything yet. He's inviting him in and he's teaching him. And Dobson has worked with Bill as well as other members of the coaching staff. I think if you're a current player and you look at that on the Patriots or not, you say, all right, he respects his players. He clearly respects them as people. He, It's not just like, hey, you're here to play football for me. They come back and he's trying to help them get the next stage of their life started. I honestly think that's a, it's a really good thing for Bill to do. And he kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday, but I don't know. I'm not. Yes. It's funny that Aaron Dobson is back in Patriots practice. It is objectively funny, but I don't think it hurts. If anything, I think it helps. It helps Bill, you know, just earn some respect with the players, and it's good to see. So, you know, best of luck to Dobson and, and Blunt, and I'm definitely going to be interested to watch Marshall this year. I actually see if Marshall has any, like, interesting draft prospects, but we'll see where the Garrett Blunt ends up. I wouldn't – so – I'd love him here. <laughs> so I will say, so Bill O'Brien's the quarterback's coach. Evan Rothstein's the assistant. Troy Brown's the wide receiver's coach. Ross Douglas is the assistant. Uh, Adrian Clem's the offensive line coach. Billy Yates Billy is the Yates. assistant. They The only two spots they don't have an assistant coach for on offense are tight end, but that's like three guys. And running back, where it's Nixon, uh, uh, Vinny Sinceri, who played safety in college, was not, mm -hmm. you know, didn't play on that side of the ball. Assistant running backs coach LeGarrette Blunt, I think would make a ton of sense if that's the road they want to go down. And he gets to learn and build his resume. <laughs> And they get another guy in the room who has played, which I always think is valuable. So, especially when you're grooming two younger, you know, two draft picks last year, that yeah. would be valuable. I mean, neither, his energy, neither his of energy. whom who are anything like blunt, but yeah, his energy and, yeah. you know, you, we've heard offensive, current Patriots offensive linemen talk about how Adrian Clem played for. Dante Scarnecchia and they can get like they see even though it was 20 years ago that he played for him they see the Dante Scarnecchia impact in Adrian Clem as a coach but Garrett Blunt played for Ivan Fears who we know is 
widely loved by everybody on the team, not just the running backs, but you could maybe get that same sort of thing where he's going to bring an element. And I, did you ever get to cover Ivan Fears, Brian? I don't know if you ever did. No, uh, really. Ivan Fears. I could listen to Ivan Fears talk for like four hours. He's just the man. He just, his, he, the way he just gets it. He just gets it. I love listening to him talk. He's a fun guy. He's an insightful guy. He's a smart guy. Uh, yeah, if you can get somebody who played for him in, that would be very cool. By the way, Marshall currently has one projected member of the 2024 draft class, projected day three running back, Rasheen Ali. Ali, who I know nothing about. But I guess with the Aaron Dobson connection, put him on the board. Just wait. Dobson will cook up some wide receiver guru or something at Marshall. He, he did. Okay, so hang on. We're learning here. Rasheen Ali, we're doing a little draft talk here. In 2021, <laughs> so this is two years ago. By the way, six foot, 200 pounds. Ran for 1,400 yards and 23 touchdowns for Marshall. Had another 300 yards, another touchdown receiving. That's a monster year. They love their last, productive college running backs. Last year, he only played three games. I'm going to guess he got hurt. He's still 273 yards in three games. Yeah, they love their productive college running backs. So, Rasheen Ali, first guy first guy on the board, first guy on the pass <laughs> beat draft board for, Second, uh, for 2024. The Penn, State, the Penn State offensive tackle was first. And, and actually then. third, because when I was watching Demario Douglas after the draft, I don't think I've mentioned him on the show. I added him to my board when I was watching Demario Douglas after the draft. Liberty's running back, whose name is escaping me right now, certainly has a lot of wiggle in his game. So he's a player to watch. Uh, Day Day Hunter is is Day -Day. the guy I'm thinking of. A lot of running. Is next year Ramondre's contract year? Yes. Yeah, so get those running backs on the board. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. All right. Um, that's, I mean, I think we pretty much hit it all. Unless you got anything else for us. No, I think that's pretty much it. Again, it was kind of a, you know, well, yeah. we're getting to the end of this thing now. There's only so much you can take out of this, mm -hmm. this time of the year. We'll have a big, we'll kind of go big picture tomorrow. We'll talk about tomorrow's practice, but we'll also sort of, all right, well, this is where we're at as we head into the dead period and start setting the stage for training camp and things like that. But yeah, this is kind of the uh, second to last day of school. So yeah. we'll, it's funny. People think of this as like, the start of football, we come out to OTAs and, and minicamp. People like football's back for us who cover the team. It starts in July with training camp, and then the season obviously runs through January. And then you got the playoffs in February, and you have free agency in March, and then the draft in April. And then this stuff starts two weeks after the draft. This is kind of the end of our season, not the beginning. Like, this is. The next month is like the off season, right? The next month, like is our summer vacation. So even yeah. though it's, it's kind of overlap, like I wouldn't consider this a part of the 2022 season as much as this feels like the start of football season for, uh, <laughs> for some guys, this is kind of, for me, it's all right. There, there's the light at the end of the tunnel. There we go. It started back in July and, and now it's June 13th and I'm finally going to get a break. So. <laughs> all right. Well, Deandre Hopkins will be here tomorrow. Patriots will have their final mini camp practice. They're currently scheduled for tomorrow. We'll be back to recap it all right here some point tomorrow. So turn your Patriots press pass notifications on so you know when we go live. Until then, follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Go read his work at 985thesportshub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines. Go read my stuff on patspulpit.com. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you guys tomorrow.